The following episode may contain material that some listeners may find triggering or disturbing and may not be suitable for younger audiences, including depictions of sexual assault, violence, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. It will happen. Like, even if you don't, like, believe it will happen, it will. You got to get to that point where you got to tell yourself it's going to happen, and then eventually you'll start believing it's going to happen. But if you really want it, I think you should give it your all and push through and just really go for it because... I know for me, I never want to look back 10 years down the line like, what if I would have did that? What if I would have not given up? What would have happened? Like, I never want to live with regrets. I'd rather live like, look, I had tried 100 times <laughs> and it didn't work, but I tried. And then you try and it does happen. Like, then you're going to look back like, thank God I didn't give up. Like, thank God I kept pushing through. These are stories featuring everyday women who have overcome some extraordinary obstacles. From Ash Media Network, this is the good news. Welcome back to another episode of the Good News Podcast. If you've been enjoying the show so far and learning something new each episode, please leave us a rating and a review on the podcast app that you're tuning in on. This helps others who may not know about the Good News Podcast find the show. And for those of you that have reached out about the show and how much you're enjoying it so far, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We pass your sentiments along to our speakers and I do share your messages with them. Okay, today's story is from Ashley. She obviously has the coolest name ever, but I learned so much from talking with her. She's from Philly and currently resides in New York, so immediately we sat down and started talking about the best places to get food in New York and Chicago. She was giving me her recommendations, I gave her some of mine, and she was an absolute vibe. She's super intelligent, smart as a whip, and when I say this girl knows her stuff, she knows her stuff, you'll see what I mean. Here's Ashley. My name's Ashley Johnson. Um, I'm from Philly, but I currently live in Brooklyn, New York. I've been here five years and I haven't even touched the surface of everything to do here. So I like that. It's always something new to do. And like, who doesn't love New York City? I was always like smart. So like, I was always like honors all the time. Like every semester I had honors. And I remember this girl, we used to have English class together. So we would have exams and I would literally study on the bus. Like I would have my little flashcards. I would study on the bus. And I would get like a higher score than her all the time. And she would study for like weeks, like study for weeks. And she just could not like, she was like, I don't get it. You study for a half an hour on the bus and you do really well on the test. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because I was working in high school. So I was working part time and like going to school. So like I was always like on honors, like always like, like school just came easy to me. You know, like I went to Penn State on a full scholarship, like in elementary school. My teacher once said, like, that I would have been an MG, like the mentally gifted program, if it wasn't for my mouth, <laughs> because I would always get in trouble for talking. So she was saying, like, I I was smart. I had the grades for MG, but, like, I just can't get the mouth together. So I wasn't an MG program, but she was saying I was smart enough. So that was my personality, like, 
from like grade school through high school and then college, it was different because now you, you know, you're on your own. You just like, you know, you partying, you know, you got to kind of, you know, you still kind of, you know, most of my friends were working part time, you know, because we were poor. So we were working part time and we were trying to keep up with the academics. So my grades weren't as good as like high school because put drinking and partying in the mix and boys. But my grades were still good. My grades were still good. And then after college, I did a paralegal program. So I was working full time in the daytime and then at night. And online, I was taking um, paralegal classes, and I had a 4.0 in that program. I had all A's. So, yeah, like, I was always the smart girl. I think, like, if people had to describe me from, like, you know, back in the day, they would say she was smart. So I remember in first grade, teacher conferences. So my mom went to, like, my first grade teacher conference. And so it was me and my mom. We went, and I remember, like, my first grade teacher, like, look, you know, she's really smart. She got the grades, but her in that mouth, like, and then she said, I remember her saying, like, she's going to make a good lawyer. Like, she's going to be a lawyer when she grows up. So I'm like, okay, like, what's a lawyer? Like, you know, I'm, I'm six years old. I, I don't know what that is. So I go look it up and I'm like, okay, like, I can see it. So I feel like because she believed that I was going to be a lawyer, I kind of like, okay, like, I guess I'm going to be a lawyer. And then when I went to Penn State, like after a couple different majors, <laughs> I majored in criminal justice. So you have like prosecution, which is like the DA's office, the district attorney's office. They're the ones that are prosecuting the quote unquote defendant. And then you have a criminal defense lawyer. They defend. So if you're accused of a crime, they'll defend the defendant. When I initially wanted to go to law school, I thought I wanted to be a prosecutor. I thought I was going to be I'm pretty sure you've seen Law & Order. The ADA on there, I, I can't remember her name. Like, I'm blanking on her name. So the assistant district attorney. So she's prosecuting the cases. So basically, the police, like, investigate. They bring, they'll they arrest the person, and they'll bring it to the district attorney's office. And then one of the assistant district attorney's offices will prosecute the case. The criminal defense lawyer will represent, defend the person be accused of the crime. So I thought I wanted to be a prosecutor. Like my first like legal job out of uh, undergrad was at the public defender's office. You know how they say like, it, you know, if you can't afford a lawyer, like one will be appointed to you. So yeah, that's a public defender. So I was working with public defenders and they were so passionate and like so smart. And there were a few black female public defenders and I asked them to like be my mentors and like, you know, just... You know, if they had, if they needed any help with their cases, like, I would be happy to help. So I started, like, working with them, and I just knew, like, okay, I want to be a public defender. Like, I want to help, like, my people. Like, because, you know, like, most people who are arrested are, you know, people of color or poor people. So I wanted to defend them. So then I changed and decided to be a public defender. Some people go to law school, they don't know what kind of lawyer they want to be. You don't have to, like, make up your mind. But then also people change different types of fields all the time. The everyday person, their frame of reference is law and order, how to get away with murder, suits. But the thing is, like, like with law and order, a case wraps up in like a half hour, an hour. Cases drag out for months. Cases drag out for years. Sometimes they don't even go to trial. Like 95% of cases don't even go to trial. And then as far as like statistics for lawyers, only 5% of lawyers are black. And then only 2% of lawyers are black females. 
Law schools, they love a well-rounded like applicant. So they actually like people who have different majors, like art majors, English majors. They love people who like dentistry. Like they would probably love like someone who <laughs> went to school, thought they were going to be a dentist and now they want to be a lawyer. They don't want the like cookie cutter applicant. Like I got my bachelor's in political science. I did this. Like I interned here. Like they like someone who has like a different story. You go from undergrad to the LSAT to the application to the deposit. Then you apply for like financial aid unless you can afford law school because a lot of people, their parents do pay for the law school. But unlike them, my parents couldn't afford it. So I had to apply for financial aid. So yeah, you apply for financial aid and then you go to law school. Every state is different. So like Pennsylvania has a different application process, bar admission process. Every state, for the most part, has a different like process of being a lawyer. But there is a universal bar exam. So like the universal bar exam, you like it's general principles of law. Like you have to get a certain score for each state. So like, for instance, for Pennsylvania, you have to get a 272 to be able to practice in Pennsylvania. But New York is different. New York and Jersey, you need a 266. In New York, they give the bar exam two times a year. So after you graduate from law school in May, you have like a week of freedom and then you go straight into bar prep. Like you go into two months of studying for the bar exam. I believe it's 16 different areas of law you're studying for. And then you take the exam. So at the end of July, it's usually on Tuesday, the last Tuesday and Wednesday of July. And then the last Tuesday and Wednesday of February, you go and you take the two-day exams. So the first day is all essays. You sit for the three hours in the morning, sit for three hours in the afternoon, and then you can go home after five. And then you have day two, which is 200 multiple choice questions. And then you wait two or three months to find out if you pass the exam. So the first time I took the bar, I was still living in Boston. I was like studying like 12 hour days. Like it was two and a half months of studying every day, like all day, every day. I thought like every hour of the day, like every second should be devoted to studying. Like I did not have a social life whatsoever. I was also like away from family, like away from friends who weren't studying for the bar. So like all my family and friends were back in Philly living their best life. And I was up in Boston. I wasn't on social media. And then I went and took the bar exam. I knew I didn't pass. I felt like the exam, when I went in, the questions felt so foreign. I felt like I didn't know anything. Like, I just knew that I didn't pass. But of course, I'm like, well, hopefully I didn't, like, hopefully I did pass. At that point, I was living in New York and I was working at the Legal Aid Society. So after graduation, I had got a job offer to be a staff attorney at the Legal Aid Society. So basically, in the beginning, you're a law graduate, um, meaning you're like under supervision. So like, you're practicing law, but under the supervision of another lawyer. So when the bar results come out for New York, you don't know when they're coming out. So it's not like like Pennsylvania, they have a date. They'll tell their applicants like, okay, you're gonna receive your bar results on October such and such. Like New York, no, it was a guessing game. It was like one day you wake up in the morning, you check your email and it's there. Or people will text you like, oh my God, the bar results are out. So. I remember, I think it was like a Wednesday, so I had to go into like into training. I don't know why I checked my email that day, but I did. So I'm like getting ready and I checked my email 
and my heart literally drops when I see the the email from the bar administrator. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay, like they're out. So I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta know. So I opened the results. I didn't pass the first time and I didn't pass it by a lot of points. It wasn't like, oh, I was so close to it. Um, my first, yeah, the first time I took the exam, I believe I got a 221 and I needed a 266. A part of me was like, of course I was sad. I was devastated, but also like, I kind of knew when I left the exam that I didn't pass. So it was kind of like, yeah, it sucks that I didn't pass, but I kind of already knew. But then the hard part was going on social media and seeing your friends who passed, of course, because everyone's posting. Like, as soon as you pass, everyone's posting to Instagram. So, like, you know, you're seeing your friends are passing, and you're like, well, dang, I'm happy for them, but that sucks for me. Some law firms, when you don't pass the bar, they'll fire you. I worked at a public defender's office, and their procedure was, we're not going to fire you. Like, you have another chance to take the exam, but after the second time, if you don't pass, then you'll be demoted to an investigator. So, of course, everyone's freaking out. Like, I need to pass at least on the first time or the second time because you don't want to be an investigator. Like, everyone's freaking out. So with me, like, yeah, I didn't pass the first time, but it's like, okay, cool. Like, I can take it one more time. I still have my job. Like, I'll still be fine. But then now I have to start studying again. And now I'm working full time. So I would be at work. Like, like I would have court appearances. I would have to go, like, you know, represent my client in court. And while I was waiting to be called, I was sitting there studying. <laughs> I was reading my book. I was studying, doing multiple choice questions. And then I also had to do arraignment shifts, which is like when someone's arrested and they have to be arraigned before the judge, I would be the person making the bail argument for them or trying to get them out. So while we're waiting for our cases to be called, I'm, again, doing my questions, reading my outlines. Then I'm staying at the office late. So after work, like I'm still at the office till nine because I'm studying. So I'm every little pocket of free, like on the train, every little free pocket of time I was using to study because I didn't have the luxury of studying eight to 10 hours a day, six days a week. The second time I felt more pressure because now it's like my job depends on it. Like if I don't pass the second time, like I'm going to be an investigator. So like it's like the pressure is on. Like, I'm more under pressure. I'm more stressed out because now it's like my livelihood. In my mindset, I'm like, I have to pass. There's no, I'm not going to pass. I wanted to be like a good employee. So I wanted to like show up for my clients. I wanted to show like my supervisors, like, look, I can do it all. I can study. I can work. I can still be a good, a good lawyer to my clients. Like, I just, you know, I was trying to do it all. So then the second time comes, I take the exam and then I don't pass. My score was the same. I got the same exact score the second time. Oh, I was depressed. When I didn't pass, like my, my role like crashed, like because I knew like I was being demoted, but also with that came a lower salary. So then at that point, like I was just so depressed. And of course, everyone's trying to be supportive. And of course you appreciate it, but nothing anyone says is gonna make it better. My supervisor called me into her office to tell me that she didn't pass the bar two times and that she knew exactly what I was going through and that she didn't want me to leave and that she believed that I can pass. And then also the head person of my office, so the highest person in my office, had emailed me like, hey, can I talk to you? 
and then he was he was saying like I heard you wanted to leave and I really don't want you to leave like you know you've been doing good work since you've been here like you're gonna pass like do not leave like we will make it work and then that's when my office mom at the time had suggested like I come stay with her so she's like you know what come stay with me I'll let you stay with me rent free you won't have to worry about rent you just worry about passing this exam and so that's what I did the second time I moved to the suburbs and I stayed with her and I studied and I took the exam again for the third time (laughs) third time I find out don't pass I'm devastated again For me, every time I took the exam, I tried something different because, you know, you can't keep doing the same thing. You're going to keep getting the same results. So every time I took the exam, I did something different. So the third time I take it, my score jumps. My score jumps like 20 points. Every time I didn't pass, like people were still there cheering me on, still helping me get back up. I worked so hard to get to this point, but also God. Honestly, when people say, like, how did you keep doing it? I'm like, it was nothing but God because I didn't think I had it in me. But I, like, something in me just kept getting back up. Like, I kept falling down, but I kept getting back up. I never want to look back and wonder what if. What if I would have kept going? And then also people were like, you take it one more time. Like, what if this time is the time you're going to pass? So it was just like, look, you got to keep going. I took the exam seven times before I passed. I was listening to an episode on NPR's Code Switch called The Women Behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. And when I say I was tapped in from the moment I pressed play, when we think about the bus boycott, we think about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, but we never really learned how this bus boycott was organized. But in this episode, you hear directly from the many women who organized for months and did what it took to make this bus boycott happen. And y'all, I was locked in the entire time. If you're interested in hearing more stories like this, you have to check out NPR's podcast. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories of joy, stories of resilience, stories that are distinct and varied and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So, as someone that has textured and curly hair, I'm excited to share Clairol's textures and tones came out with a permanent color range specifically for curly and coily hair types. Say hello to the improved formula and new look while preserving curls and shine. With 12 shades of brilliant intense color, no ammonia, and stacked with argon and olive oil to deliver some much needed moisture and vibrancy to your hair. So if you're my girl that likes a little color to spice up your look from time to time, the new Clairol Textures and Tomes was designed with texture and color specialists, and it was created 
made with you in mind. Clairol's mission is simple, to make every woman feel beautiful and confident and help her live colorfully through accessible and easy to use products. Save your time and your money and give yourself a new hairdo because it's not the hair color you were born with, but the hair color you were meant to be. Clairol, it is so me. I decided to fast. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm going to fast. I'm going to go off social media and I'm just going to sit with God and sit with my thoughts. So I remember while I'm fasting, I'm like talking to God and I told God, like, look, like if I don't pass this time, I will be okay. Like, but I'm not taking it again. I was like, I will be okay walking away knowing that I gave it my all, but I'm not taking that exam again. I will go be a paralegal or I'll do something with my Juris Doctor degree, but I am not taking that exam again. And if I don't pass, I will be okay. And like, I know that I put it all out on the floor. I did all that I can do, but I'm not taking it again. And then I got the results and I passed. (laughs) Imagine my surprise when Ashley told me she passed the bar. Not the first time, not the second or third time, but seven. She took the bar seven times before she passed. I had tons of questions for her. What was her motivation behind taking the test over and over again? Did she ever feel like a failure? Did she ever want to give up? How did she keep making that decision to keep getting back up again to try every time she didn't pass? How did she believe in herself again? Here's what she had to say. My village, like when I say they showed up, I had a friend pay for one of my application fees. Like I had people send me care packages. I had people pray for me, pray with me. And every time I didn't pass, I thought they were going to be disappointed. My fear was that they were going to think I was a failure because that's how I felt. I felt like a failure, like how many times I kept taking it. I just felt like so defeated. And like you said about the confidence, like each time I took it, Like my confidence kept, like my confidence was so shot at that point because it was like, look, I'm trying to put the energy out there. Like I'm a pass, I'm trying to believe it. But like, I didn't believe it because like for six times I didn't pass. Like, so when the seventh time, when I, when I opened the results, I did, I still didn't believe it. Like I was like, I can't believe it. Like I passed because I just, at that point, I think I didn't think I was going to pass. Like I didn't think. I was ever going to pass. And I had a friend, like, I knew you were going to pass. Like, and they kept saying that. They kept saying, like, you know this material. They were like, you know this material, you're going to pass. Like, they kept believing it, but I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. And then I think the seventh time, I was just kind of being delusional. Like, so I started doing affirmations, too, the last time that I took it. But also, I started listening to Slay Girl Slay around the seventh time. So I like binge listen to like a bunch of episodes and I would listen to that podcast and other podcasts to kind of just motivate me and just, you know, just encourage me. So I was listening to podcasts. I was doing affirmations and I didn't believe the affirmations. I was doing them. And at first I didn't believe them. And then at a point, like I was like, I know this stuff. Like I know, like I know the law, like I know the law, like out of everyone, I didn't study the law seven times now. I know the law. And I was like, it's not like a matter of knowing the law. It's a matter of like believing, like believing that I'm going to pass. 
I asked Ashley for someone who's currently thinking about taking the bar or any other life-changing exam, or maybe even someone who's just trying to find the motivation to keep chasing their own dreams. What's the best piece of advice she could give? I tell them, like, first you need to really, like, sit with yourself and just, like, sit with your thoughts and kind of tune out, like, the world. Just maybe, like, take a day and just, like, kind of reflect and just see, like, if this is something you really want, then I think it's worth pushing through. It's worth, like, giving it your all. If you're a religious person, like, definitely sit with God and talk with God and just ask him to walk you through. I don't want them to give up because it will happen. Like, even if you don't, like, believe it will happen, it will. You got to get to that point where you got to tell yourself it's going to happen. And then eventually you'll start believing it's going to happen. But if you really want it, I think you should give it your all and push through and just really go for it. Because I know for me, I never want to look back 10 years down the line. Like, what if I would have did that? What if I would have, you know, not given up? What would have happened? Like, I never want to live with regrets. I'd rather live like, look, I tried a hundred times <laughs> and it didn't work, but I tried. And then like you try and it does happen. Like, then you're going to look back, like, thank God I didn't give up. Like, thank God I kept pushing through and that I found the strength and I found the courage. Even if you need to take time away from it and just like take a break and come back to it, if you need to do that. But I don't think you should give up. I think you should just keep going for what it, whatever it is that you want. You're going to persevere at one point or another. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not practicing yet. So after taking the exam so many times, the NPRE, your score is only valid for four years. So my score from the NPRE ended up expiring. And then the New York Law exam, my score for that expired in three years. So even though I had passed both of those tests already, by the time I finally passed the bar, those scores had expired. I had to retake those tests, but I took the New York law exam a few weeks ago and I found out that I didn't pass by one point. One point. So I have to retake that. So once I pass that, I'll like the board of examiners will certify me. And once I get the certification letter, then I can apply to be admitted to the bar. You know, at this point, like, why? Like, why does it keep happening? Like, it's just like, I just can't catch a break. But then I just think back, if I don't take it again, and that's with the bar too, if I didn't take it again, all of this would have been for nothing. All of the years of school and all the money I spent on taking it, all the energy, like, all of that would have been for nothing if I give up now. So I had posted, like, I felt it on my heart to post this testimony, too, because, like, I was talking to a friend, and she was like, you know, no one really posts their lows. Like, everyone posts, like, all the highs, all the good stuff on social media, but no one posts their lows. So I posted, like, how I didn't pass the exam by one point, and I feel like I'm right there. Like, the light is at, like, I'm at the end of the tunnel. I can see the light. I'm literally right there. So my friends who are already lawyers are like, you know, when you get sworn in and when you finally get sworn in, like, it's all going to be worth it. And, I, and I'll be saying that I hope it's worth it because this has <laughs> been a lot. But I do think like, you know, when I get sworn in and I'm finally an attorney and I got the ESQ at the end of my name, I think it will all be worth it. So that's my hope. <laughs> that's my hope that it will all be worth it. Very cool update here. 
I spoke with Ashley again a few months after our recordings were done. She told me that she did, in fact, pass the New York law exam. She did it. She's currently in the process of being admitted to the New York bar, and our girl is getting sworn in this summer, 2024. Thinking of every time she didn't pass, every time she was disappointed or felt like a failure, every time she wanted to quit, I asked Ashley, what was the good part? What was the good news? The good news is that I kept going. Like, even when I didn't want to, even when I didn't think I could keep going, that I kept going and that it finally came to fruition. And the good news is that I don't have to look back and wonder what if I would have took it one more time. And also the good news is that I'm going to be in that 2% of Black female lawyers. So that's the good news. If you or someone you know is currently interested or studying to take the bar exam, click the links in the description of today's episode to learn more about some local resources that may be available to you. To keep up with Ashley and her journey, her socials are included in the description as well. The Good News Podcast is a collection of personal stories told week by week with brand new episodes every Wednesday. Brought to you by Ash Media Network. And remember, with every bad day, there will always be a good day to follow. With every obstacle comes a victory. There is always something good to look forward to. Good news is always on its way.